You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I am Liz Fairclough. I am Andressa Gidelli, and this is the Earn and Invest podcast. When it comes to business or entrepreneurship or money, my history has not been to see things in terms of gender. After all, I was brought up by a successful single mother who was a professional businesswoman who eventually started an accounting firm. She even owned her own real estate, several properties. But that, looking back, was more my stepfather's influence. Would she have done it without him? My guests today have created both a community and a podcast centered around a woman's place in the real estate world. What are the hurdles today in 2022? As I've said in previous podcast episodes, you might think that this topic doesn't pertain to you. Maybe you're a man or have no interest in real estate. I imagine it was the farthest thing from my father's mind when he died at the age of 40 and left behind a wife and three children. For you, I have one simple question. What about the women in your life? Liz Faircloth and Andressa Gidelli are the proud co-founders of the Real Estate Invest Her, that's I-N-V-E-S-T-H-E-R community, a platform to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life through meetups across the U.S. and Canada, and an online community and membership that offers accountability and mentorship for women to take their businesses to the next level. They are also the co-hosts of the Real Estate Invest Her Show, a podcast providing straight talk strategies, along with inspiration from successful women who share their journey. Liz and Andressa, welcome to Earn and Invest. Liz, I want to start with you. We're going to spend the vast majority of this show talking about women in real estate. Many personal finance podcast listeners are, frankly, middle-aged men. Why should they care? And do men listen to your podcast and join your community? <laughs> Hi, Doc. Thank you so much for having us on today. Those are two great questions to jump into. First, I'll take the second one and then I'll answer the first one. Yes, men do um, listen to our show, follow us. And um, our mission is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. But men are part of that mission, a big part of it in a lot of ways, right? So, uh, yeah. So now I'll answer the first question. <laughs> so, why, why should men care? You know, it, it's. I, I forget the quote exactly, but it's when something like this, when you are someone that is only focused on your own kind of circle, then you're going to miss supporting everyone else. It's much more eloquently said, but men have such a great opportunity to be, to be an ally for, for empowering women to live a financially free and balanced life. Over 50%, right, of the population is men and, and sense women. So we men have women in their lives, spouses, children, aunts 
mothers. I mean, we can make the long list, right? So there's no man that's living in a vacuum that doesn't know any women and doesn't have any close women in their lives. So I think it's incredibly important. And I think a lot of men do care about this topic more than we sometimes think about. So I just would would say that it's incredibly important and they're, they are allies in many ways together with us on our mission. And and for us, it's, it's also a social responsibility, right? When we started the Real Estate Investor community, we didn't want it just to be a Facebook group where women could come and chat and have conversations. We want to really push the boundary here. For us, it's a social responsibility to teach women, to encourage them to step into financial independency. So it will lead to uh, breaking a cycle of the future next generations. That's our ultimate goal. And how can we do that in a different way? It's not just about, you know, getting all the knowledge in, in terms of real estate, but also how they can run a business as a business, how can they take care of themselves? Because we have seen so many burnout people around us. And how does it look like to live life on our own terms, build generational wealth on our own terms? So we really stand for all those three important pillars. And Jessa, when we talk about the investor community, we're really talking about your endpoint. Let's go back to your beginnings. Before moving to the U.S., you completed an MBA program. And after arriving a master's, why so much education for someone who eventually would become a real estate investor? I didn't know better. <laughs> I really didn't. Right? In my, I, I, I grew up, my dad uh, passed away at the age 40, left my mom and I, three kids. And at that moment, I made a conscious or unconscious decision that I really needed to raise the bar for myself and for my sisters. I didn't want to just to stay uh, playing small. So how did that look like? We did after, Actually, we didn't have any financial means for me to go even to college, right? I figured it out. I worked two jobs. I got scholarships throughout. And when I, when I came to the U.S. after my second uh, master's, the goal was to get the knowledge, go back, find a great job, work for a corporate uh, multinational company, and that was it. That's all I knew. And while I was working here, I took a door to door sales job because I didn't have sales experience. And during that, that internship, my manager pushed me this small, little, tiny uh, purple book called Rich Dad Poor Dad when I asked him about a sales book. And then I said, I don't, what is this? He's like, you're going to read it this weekend. We're going to have a meeting about this tomorrow, next week. I'm sorry. And then I said, well, I need a sales book because if I sell more, you are going to make more. I make more, you make more. He's like, no, you're going to be entrepreneur and you need to read this book now. And then when I read that book during that weekend, I was like, there is an entire world that I don't even know about. Cash flow. What is that? <laughs> to me, it was like owning multiple houses. Are you kidding? Is that even possible? Is that how people do? So it really opened up a completely new world to me. And I was like, oh, gosh, now I don't want to be an A student anymore. I want to be a C <laughs> student anymore. And so that and then my, my quote unquote street 
journey started. And that's where I gained a lot of the, the entrepreneur or the trainings that I've done um, that I didn't learn um, with my master's degree. Absolutely. They support me. They help me with a very strong foundation. But the nitty gritty that I learned uh, doing door to door sales was really essential. Liz, Robert Kiyosaki also threw you a curveball. Am I right in saying you were on your path to becoming a social worker? <laughs> so, uh, you know, in, in a lot of ways, similar in, in when your head gets turned to things that you never even knew before. So I was on a path. I was getting my degree in social work. And interestingly enough, during my master's degree, I actually wrote a business plan to create a women's center to help women that had mental illness. So, you know, it's funny how that was 20 years ago. <laughs> but anyway, while that I was getting my degree, I wanted to open my own practice. So I wanted to open my own shingle and my have a shingle in my office and open my own practice and getting a master's degree in social work was the easiest and quickest way to do that beyond getting your PhD. So that was my path. That was my focus. I went straight on from college because I was that focused. I didn't even get a job in social work. I just knew I wanted to open my own practice and help people. So uh, during that experience, I was um, working also with my brother-in-law, doing presentations on different topics and helping college students, et cetera, with living their life, you know, to the fullest. And during those conversations, he's just like, you got to read this book, (laughs) Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was 21. And I said, I don't know why this would help me. I'm going to be a social worker. I'm going to open my own practice. And when I'm focused on something, that was my focus. And I read it. I was like, hold on. There's things in here that I've never even heard about. Um, my two parents worked very hard, uh, middle-class family, you know, adore them dearly, but the conversation of passive income and entrepreneurship and building wealth were not conversations we had, right? So the, the essence of hard work, yes, but, but all those pieces, no. So, you know, really turned my head and wanting more for my life. I, I knew I wanted to help people, but I said, well, let me, let me think about this. And one of the things he talks about is sales getting a sales job. And I was really moved by real estate. And and then I started reading a lot more than just that book. And I was like, wow, you can really transform buildings and make things better and make money doing it. So I just started reading and learning. And that's what opened my eyes to just that whole world and just got more and more passionate about it, more and more interested in it as we learned, as I learned more. Liz, both you and Andressa mentioned this idea of sales. How much of real estate is sales? I think life is sales. (laughs) I mean, beyond real estate, let's be let's be honest, right? I mean, and sales is service, in my opinion. Sales is service. Sales is not selling someone something that they don't need. Sales is solving their problem. So, and I think that that for my consulting world, when I worked about a decade in consulting, I was doing a lot of sales and I was selling a, a product and a service that met the company's needs. So I, I really learned the value of that. It is huge in real estate. It's huge in real estate investing. Uh, any part of real estate, but especially in investing, you know, you're constantly positioning yourself with investors, you're positioning yourself with banks, the homeowners, with whomever you're influencing. So I always think of sales as influence. It's not just like literally selling a product. It's influencing people, creating win-wins and, and just getting up, getting hit down. And, and, you know, I, we went around, my husband and I, for our first property, we literally went door to door, knocking on people's doors. People yelled at us. People said, what are you doing? I mean, this is what we knew. This is what we were taught in one of our workshops. So that's sales, you know, and we could have just given up. But I think we knocked on like 50 doors over the course of six months. And someone said, yeah, let, let's talk. Andressa, when I look at your story about building the Invest Her platform and podcast, 
I see that story, but I also see the story of two women who clearly became friends and then partners. Tell me how you guys met. Well, we met through Bigger Pockets. Their platform was really the tool that connected both of us. I was doing a lot of uh, rehabs in uh, Philadelphia, and Liz and Matt fr- were uh, living in New Jersey at that time. We're looking for partners to expand the business. And they came down in one of the projects, and we started a conversation. But uh, something about that, that, that meeting made me really like, think about Liz differently. I felt that I already knew her from another life. Who knows? You have those connections, right? Mm -hmm. And we started a friendship first. We did not jump into a partnership. And that's something that we preach to a lot of people that jump into partnerships very, very quick. We got to know each other very, very much. And we started a a mastermind online with other women, nothing paid, just so we can meet each other once a month to to support uh, each other's businesses. And through that, you saw integrity, right? People showing up over and over and over again. And we met once a month to support each other's business as well. And we're like, okay, let's take it to the next level. And then we did our first project. Our first project was a pilot. We looked at our strengths, we divided and conquer, and it worked very well. And from that, we started scaling, scaling it. And then uh, one day we were in a coffee shop and we were like, where other women are going to get the support that we need. Don't get me wrong, Bigger Pockets is a wonderful platform. We wanted to create a safe platform where women could raise their hand, not feel ashamed to ask any questions and really get the support that they needed to move forward or talk about different situations that are unique to women. When you give birth and what happens after that with your business, how can you take your child to a job site, which uh, happened several times. So we're like, we don't have one. So let's create one. We didn't have this master plan, but we really wanted to start with a, a podcast where we could interview other successful women and get to know their stories and their success. How did they achieve the life that they're, they're were living? And that's how we started with, I think, a $600 investment. Liz, it's interesting because it's a here and dress a talk about bigger pockets. We are all fans of the bigger pockets platform. Yet I believe you both saw that there were unique needs for you as women in the real estate field. Liz, you started the DeRosa Group with your husband in 2005. And since then you've scaled up to 60 to a $60 million real estate portfolio. Tell me, what has it been like just to be a woman in real estate during those years? I've had various roles too, right? So I've worked full-time in our business. I started the business, worked full-time, worked part-time, worked strategically, kind of had all those different hats. You know, I think I think women have an amazing advantage. I think women are are amazing to begin with. I do, I do see that. And, and they have an amazing advantage to stand out from the crowd. So that's just number one. Second, the second point I want to make though. There's all types of women. I mean, what the, the beauty of it is that we don't like to stereotype. There are women who are very direct and to the point. There's women who are very nurturing, and there are men who are nurturing, <laughs> and there are men that are very direct and to the point. So to like just to pigeonhole women as this one type 
is just nonsense. I think women know how to get a lot done. And one of the one of the things that we became so passionate about is women have a lot of hats. But in terms of like just running the household and just you know, a lot of women still are, you know, whether they're doing it or not, they're they're at the helm of a lot of pieces of their life. And uh, we saw that as a as a it's a it's it's a strength, but it's also can weigh them down. So that was also part of a little bit of what we were so passionate about is creating wealth on your own terms without feeling so drained to do it. And, uh, you know, we've said, we've seen since the onset of COVID, right. You know, women staying the, the whole shift in schooling and homeschooling and women have, have, have statistically felt the brunt of that more than, than, than men. And so these are all the reasons why we exist, right. So women have that safe space. I'll give you just another example of, of a real life situation. We have meetups across the country at 55 meetups. We started with one. Andres and I ran it uh, in Philadelphia. And then women started to ask if they they can, you know, join a meetup in their area. We're like, we can't get to Tennessee, but if you want to start one, that'd be great, you know? So um, so we have 55 now where we, you know, create these intimate circles of women that can give and get support in their local community. And we were, I was at one of them. I, I'd like to go to the local ones. This is one of the ones in New Jersey when we started. And I was sitting there and there was a few men there. And we welcome men to come to these meetings, of course, right? Our mission is to empower women, but men are, are certainly welcome. So there's literally two men. And there's about a, mm, 35 women. Okay, just to give you some numbers. And the presenter was talking, explaining things. And they said, Do you have, does anyone have any questions? So the two men, went, proceeded to ask about 15 questions each. I counted. I know that because I counted. I was sitting there and I was really fuming. (laughs) I was trying to remain calm. I was fuming because I saw this happening. And then all the women didn't ask any questions. And I don't think any of them actually asked any questions. The presenter wrapped up, the meeting ended, and that was very telling. And so that is why we exist. So women feel comfortable not just comfortable, but that there's a safe way that they can ask the questions and not feel like they're morons or not feel intimidated. Because statistically, whether people want to look at it or not, look at the, look at the studies that have been done in grad school. Look at the studies that have been done in schooling. When women or men are in classrooms, who's putting their hands up, who's not? These are not things that Andres and I are making up or have created. It's literally just the way the world is right now. So that's what we stand for, right? I know that's not exactly what you asked, but I just wanted to share that as a as a what we mean by safe space. Andressa, Liz talks about the multiple hats that women wear, and you have a few of those yourself as a divorcee, as a single mother, as an immigrant. Tell me, do you see those things as obstacles or superpowers? Well, it, it, there are days that I look at this and I, I you know, the more, um, you know, self-knowledge and uh, growth, mindset growth, you always look at that, try to look at that as your superpowers. But are there, there are days where I cannot just ignore or avoid the, the heavy burden, right? How I dealt with that is is that that's the difference. How do I look at it? And many women that are married also feel like single moms. And that is to me a lot of questions that we can ask ourselves. Is it working for you? Even if you have a husband or a wife or whatever your your situation it is. How are you getting the support you need to live life on your own terms? What on on your own terms means to you? To me, picking up my child at school and dropping him off at school every single day, it's 
it's it's a win. Yesterday we were he's six years old and we were having a conversation about bosses. And he's like, Who is your boss, mommy? I was like, Mommy, I am my own boss, honey. Oh, it's like, what will happen, mommy, if you had another boss? I was like, Well, honey, mommy probably wouldn't be able to pick you up from school. And he's like, Oh no. <laughs> oh, so I want to be my own boss too. I was like, so it's all about the time, right? What do I do with all the hats that I wear? Andressa 2022 wants to wear less and less hats as we grow the company and as it, as we expand. It's all about the delegation and, and building teams and doing less. And I'm okay doing less. I'm totally okay doing less. I aim for that. I aim for people to do better than me so I can step out. A couple of years ago, you wouldn't hear that at all. You will hear a person that can totally handle everything by myself. I'm smart enough to figure it out by myself. And that's not my vision, my current vision. I, I, I feel that I am to the point where I am hanging out with people that are smarter than me. And that's what I want. I want to hire people that are smarter, smarter than me, that can do better than me. But I want to live life on my own terms. I want to have coffee and not think about what time it is or what day it is. And I just want to, I want to jump in quickly about the relationship that Andres and I have built and how that's really penetrating, in a sense, our community and our membership. So just to give a quick example of the question you just asked about being feeling like you're a single mom, Andres and I had a conversation uh, in December, very recently, and we're sitting together over, over dinner. We were doing some traveling. And one thing that Andres and I pride ourselves on is to be very straight with each other and to be very honest with each other. And I think that's really important as we've created this community, right? We're not just telling each other what we want to hear, which is sometimes nice, but we really need to hear. And we were talking a little bit about, I was talking about something with my husband and, and, and she goes, Liz, listen, you sound like a single mom and you're not a single mom. I'm a single mom. You sound like one and you aren't. What is going on? And so we talked a little bit about the roles we have in our household and, and my husband and I, and honestly, we've revamped our whole way of being in our household because of that conversation. You know, it's time that has saved me in my, in my family because of that conversation, not just because of the conversation, because I did something with what she said and I really took it to heart and I thanked her for that. It was not easy to hear, to be perfectly honest. And that is the kind of community we're creating. Women don't need to hear more of what their, their neighbors and their friends say. Oh, you're doing a great job. Oh, that's too bad. Not that we're like really, really tough on each other, but women need to hear what they need to hear in a supportive and loving way. And that's the community we're building. Intimately and globally, that is what we're about because women need more of that in their life. They don't just need more friends or social, you know, acquaintances to kind of quite honestly tell them what they want to hear. Andressa doesn't always tell me what I want to hear. And I appreciate her for that. And that's the type of environment we're creating in our community. Andressa, it makes me think about the differences between a bigger pockets community per se and investor. It seems to me many real estate communities are all about scale. That's all you hear. Scale, scale, scale. How many doors, how much assets you have in real estate. But it sounds like you guys are really focusing on something slightly different, that that the size or the numbers aren't necessarily as important to you in this community. A hundred percent. That's a pet peeve of mine when people ask, how many doors do you own? Or Because there is this stigma where... You are the value, your, your self-worth is, is 
is that is your experience or how many doors and we really want to differentiate you're not the number of doors that you own you're not your your number that you see on your your bank account how does life look to you successfully what is your success criteria it might be really different than mine so we are really having those conversations and in many conferences that we we go in and we speak at men come to us really touched and they say Whew, now I can really breathe. I don't need to answer those questions when people say, because I just got started and I have five properties and I feel ashamed of that. And I'm actually not ashamed of that because I'm living life on my own terms and those are my terms and I'm totally fine with it. It's like, yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. Well, what on your own terms looks like to you? To me, it's freedom of time be whatever I, I I want, whenever I want, to work with whomever I want, how often I want. That's my goal. If that's happening, great. But it's it's just not what we stand for. We stand for mental health, right? We I, I look back and when I was doing 15 projects at the same time, I was a maniac. I was losing hair. My health was not okay. Were the projects being done on time and we made huge profits? Yes. Do I want to duplicate that? No. Does that serve me right now? No. So I can teach what I learned and how I improved to other people so they don't need to make the same mistakes that, that I made. And I see women sacrificing and men too, sacrificing a lot for that. But is that really... How, how you want live life five years from now. Do you see yourself doing that right now? So things need to change. And it's, it's separating the person from the behavior. That's pretty simple. Your behavior that you're doing right now will lead you to where you want to be in five years. If the answer is no, stop that. Change it. And if you don't know how to do that, talk to other people who are ready. Walk the walk. Like it's about getting the help. I always say to my son, smart people ask for help. Smart people ask for help. It, it's not a sign of you're weak or you, you're dumb. You don't, don't know how to figure out. And I think that there's a lot of pressure on men and women to try to figure out by themselves. So they keep that status quo. We are talking to Liz Faircloth and Andressa Gadelli. They are the creators and owners of the Invest Her podcast and community. We're going to take a short break. I'm Doc G, and this is the Earn and Invest podcast. All right, so most of us know the bad news already. If you were using Mint as a budgeting app, it has shut down. But the good news is... There's something better, and it's called Monarch Money. I started using Monarch Money myself about five months ago, and I knew immediately that I liked it more than any other budgeting app I had ever used. For one, it focuses on collaboration. This is easy to share with your spouse, your partner, your financial advisor, and it's aspirational. Not only can you look at your current budget, but what do you want to buy? What do you want your goals to be? You can focus on those in Monarch Money. It's the next generation of personal finance apps. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. 
Furthermore, you can create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner, and now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash earn. Again, that's monarchmoney.com slash E-A-R-N. What I like about this app is it's intuitive, easy to use, quick to sign on. It's collaborative, as we talked about. It's customizable. The idea is you can use this app the way you want to use it. And the reason why is the Monarch Money team is customer-focused. They are focusing on you, me, and all the other people who want to use this app to live a better financial life. After trying out Monarch Money for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash earn. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-A-R-N for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey, everybody. Just a little update on our ground team. The ground team is a chance for you, an Earn and Invest listener, to become part of my team for my book launch of Taking Stock. That's going to be during the first week of August We already have almost 100 participants. If you sign up to be part of the ground team, you are going to get extra video. You're going to get snapshots into the book early, and you're going to get other content and blogs. Become part of this community. Help me get this book out. Again, we're starting early because the ground team needs to be in place by early August. I hope you check it out. Just go to earnandinvest.com and right up at the top of the page, there'll be a place for you to learn more about the ground team. Come become part of the Earn and Invest and Taking Stock team. Thanks for listening. Let me reintroduce you. We are talking to Liz Faircloth and Adressa Gidelli. They are the authors of The Only Woman in the Room, Knowledge and Inspiration from 20 Successful Real Estate Women Investors. They are also the creators and owners of the Invest Her podcast and community. Liz, let's talk about the community. How big is it? And tell us about who your ideal member is. Sure. So community-wise, we have, you know, I'll just share with you a little bit about our Facebook community first. So it's a free Facebook community. We have about 10,000 women in that in that group. Uh, safe space, giving and getting, getting the support that they need. I was sharing a little bit before, we do have meetups across the, the country. We have a couple in Canada. Our goal is to go, go global with our meetups in our community. And that's one way we're going to do it. Currently, we have 55 uh, meetups, just close to about 15,000 uh, meetup members that, that are part of that particular community as well. And then we have a membership includes mentorship, accountability, and just, you know, straight, straight conversations of getting, giving and getting the support that the women need in terms of masterminding and getting them progressing on their journey of investing. We do that through various ways, but we have about a hundred women in that, in that paid membership right now. So, you know, in terms of our ideal, ideal woman to be part of our community, in terms of our actual community, where women can jump in the Facebook community, join a meetup, um, we created these platforms that anyone on the journey of investing could be part of, whether you're you're new, starting out, or you're more of an experienced woman. Because quite honestly, we believe that everyone has something to give. And we, have, we also believe that everyone has something to get. So even if I've been in this business for 16 years, which I have, I know a lot about multifamily, I'm always learning. At least I'm always expanding and so is Andressa. We don't come from a place of, well, if you're experienced, you don't need to keep building relationships and what have you. 
in terms of our Strive membership, where we really, we're, who we're best serving there is it more experienced women who have you know five to 10 deals under their belt and they, they've gotten to the game of investing and they're looking to scale or grow or, or just maintain and, and, and better manage what they have. So that's who we really particularly serve on our, our, for our membership. But our community as a whole, our, our global community we're building serves everyone, you know, all, all, all women. Andressa, one thing I noticed as I was looking at your social profiles and LinkedIn is every time I went to a new page, the number of meetups had expanded. So one place that said 40, the next 45, then 50. Tell me about the importance of in-person meetups, why you're building this structure for investor. Women get to know each other. Women care about the connection. It's different. Networking connections are very, very different, right? So when we talk about connection, what does that really mean? We're not talking about exchanging business cards. We are talking about really understanding this is what I bring to the table. This is what I need. What do you need? What do you bring to the table? What are your goals? Instead of just saying, oh, we both want to rehab. Let's just partner up. Let's just figure out the name of our LLC and, and go for it. We really encourage deeper conversations to really understand what are your strengths? What do you have to bring to the table? What are your non-negotiables? And, and how can women really connect and support one another? As Liz says, Everybody has something to give and everybody has something to, to get. Our online community has been very supportive and we have done a lot of events virtually. And uh, because of COVID, we had to shift that a little bit. But the connection, the real connection, uh, nothing substitute in person. And we want to provide that environment where women can have those conversations and also connect with local, right? Because our, our uh, markets are different. I cannot talk to somebody in Alaska about their market. I really don't understand their market, their uniqueness. So when women start connecting with one another locally, it really creates this momentum, this like they get stronger and more confident to really pull the triggers and move their business and live life on their own terms. Liz, I'm going to put you on the spot here. When we're talking about communities and meetups, what we're really doing is talking about a place that's safe for people to come and tell their stories. I was wondering if you could recount for us a story or two, and maybe we'll give Andressa the chance also, about someone's story you heard at one of these meetups or in the community that really highlights some of the benefits of the investor platform and community. What kind of stories are people telling? Do any come to mind? Absolutely. Beyond the actual tangible women coming together and doing deals together, you know, buying their fifth and sixth properties together. And those, those, we have a long list of just women sharing. Yeah, I, I'm partnering with her now, you know, and these really cool connections happening, as Andressa was saying. I can remember a time though, we, uh, as we launched meetups in different areas that are fairly close to us, I was, you know, I was personally going, Andressa and I were going to all of them just to kind of say hello and give a little, to share a little bit about the vision of, of Investor and then let the meeting proceed. So this was in a town called uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And I went up there and uh, met with the two leaders. Uh, and the meetup leaders are experienced women. They, they probably have exactly, they're not complete newbies, but they're growing their, their portfolio. Those are the ideal meetup leaders that we, we tend to have on our team. Great, great women. And I met beforehand, they were all excited. You know, women are shuffling in, really neat environment, about 30 women. And something that I always encourage the women, we encourage the women to do is to, for women to share, you know, this is their first meeting, right? So I'm not going to, and I was speaking, so I wasn't like, I'm not going to say anything until they've introduced themselves at least very, very quickly. And women kind of got up and introduced themselves and 
Well, you know, the two leaders introduced themselves. So before I got going, one other woman came up, you know, got up and she's probably in her fifties, I would say fifties, sixties. And she, she got up and she just said, I'm so grateful to be here. I have never been at a networking meeting of just women who want to support each other in creating wealth and building businesses and buying real estate. I just recently went through a divorce, very, very ugly and nasty divorce. And something that my uh, husband always told me is that I, I should never invest, that it would be too risky and that I probably wouldn't be good at it. Uh, I wasn't allowed to take our money and invest. And I've always wanted to do that. And now that I'm free, I'm going to start to invest. So that was very um, emotional to hear that, you know, and you were like, whoa, you know that you're making, I mean, Justin, I talk about it, you know, you know, you are making a difference. And that's why we started this community. But to hear this woman that feels finally free to invest is pretty life-changing. And, and that's the kind of community we're building. So, Andressa, can you think of a story that sticks out to you during one of these meetups or that you heard through the community? Yeah. Most recent, we are reading a book together on our membership. And many, many times, the impact goes beyond real estate. We are really changing the way the the conversation happened. We encourage conversation between husbands and wives, wives and wives, and their partners and uh, their children. And one woman came to us and she said that she talked to her oldest daughter, who is 25 right now. We are reading a book about vulnerability and she asked her daughter for forgiveness for everything that she did for everything that she didn't do, for the support that she didn't do, or for anything. And they have, for the first time, this raw conversation. And I was like, wow, this is really like that. I will never forget that. And she's like, I felt that that needed to be done. And then another member said, my mom is 85 years old, and I still want her to say everything you told your daughter. I just had a meeting with her and we were talking and and I don't think I will ever get that from her. Mm-hmm. So it's beyond real estate, Doc. We we really go there. We talk about our, our issues and we have those support systems. Our main focus is real estate, absolutely. But we don't ignore the other part and we're really committed on, on really setting up the next generation for success, for the women to really feel that they, they're free to, to do what they feel is the right thing with confidence. And if they want to build a family and stay home, that's fine too. But we want to give them a choice. Liz, how do you strike that all important balance between hardcore networking and providing emotional support? Because they're kind of two different sides of the coin. You know, networking is, a, is an interesting one because networking is is kind of transactional. So we really come from the place of building relationships, right? That's really what networking is or should be. <laughs> so so we really create an environment for women to build build relationships. It, it's like peeling back a layer of an onion, doc, right? So me and Andressa, when we met, I don't know if we really, like we got deep, but like it, it was a process, right? When you build any sort of relationship, I mean, some people tell you their whole life story when you meet them based on their personality, to be honest. But a lot of people, it takes a little time to like till back the layer of the onion and and, and to further kind of build that relationship. I don't think it's anything different here. 
you know, the women we're having these conversations with, uh, as, as Jessica was saying, these are women that we've built a relationship with, right? So there's, there's this common ground you're coming from. We're there to support them holistically from investing to business to self-care, whole, whole women, right? Not just one piece of who we are you know, women that you're just meeting for the first time, you know, and supporting, you know, you want to have straight talk with them and be supportive, like I was saying earlier, but at what level that might be and where they are, sometimes you have to meet people where they are. So uh, yeah, I don't think at every conversation on just like, you know, and I get into with women in in any part of our community, we go straight there, but it is uh, um, peeling back the layer of the onion. And we do that in our masterminds doc. So we do monthly masterminds with our mem- with our, with our strive members and we go there because that's the purpose of a mastermind is to say, what's coming up for you? What's the challenge? And then you start to really ask questions. And it's not you having a hard time negotiating. Where else is that showing up for you? Well, I don't, I don't know how to even ask for what I want. So it's, you know, you just get into those, that safe space to have those conversations. But women need to be the, in the arena to have those. I don't think a lot of, I don't think a lot of women, I don't think a lot of people feel comfortable having those conversations because they don't want to deal with it, to be perfectly honest, because it's hard to look at yourself and, and figure out that you for you know 15 years you've been carrying around something. I know it's hard for me, the work that I'm doing on myself. So, but that's where we're there to be those cheerleaders and that support and that like, you got this. And we see you making this happen. We see you buying your eighth, ninth, 10th property and doing it in a way that works for you and doing it with peace and grace and keeping your marriage not only intact, but growing with your with your spouse, right? Versus like waking up and you have a bunch of properties and you have all this money and you don't even know the other person. That doesn't seem like the life I'd want or I, not the life that I, I, I have. Andressa, I feel like these times are like no other. Let's talk pandemic. Has the pandemic had unique effects on women when it comes to real estate? Absolutely. Needless to say, right, we see all the research around how many women have left the workforce to care for their children who are uh, at home. Many questions couples ask, like, who who is going to step back? And when it comes down to earning, whoever earns more goes or whoever, you know, has the more negotiation power here goes and then or or you're the mother, you stay home. So there's I can go on and on with those stereotypes and possible conversations. But what we have seen it is that a positive effect, too, where women had the, the time either because they they were laid off or or because they were super tired and they really needed some time to think that they are rethinking their lives and uh, what it wor- what is working, what is not working and uh, making those choices. Why not? Why not start real estate now? Why not really think about, okay, I have a job, but how can I start building generational wealth on the side? Why not doing this? Or where is this information? Or how can you guys have done this? And I didn't know about this. Rethinking the, the circle that they're a part of. Well, uh, my circle of friends just complain about their bosses and their jobs, and I'm tired and sick and tired of that. So I love them as my friends, but not for that. So it's just a conversation that started. So obviously, there was a negative impact on women 
with a lot of uh, professionally uh, speaking, but I think it was an awakening, awakening moment as well for many of them. And then they were seeking places where they can get the, the, the support or where they can see other women that made it possible. And this concept of having it all, do I want to have it all? It's, a, it's an option. How about if I don't want to have it all? How about if I want to have it, this uh, certain thing today and something else tomorrow? We don't want to put women in boxes too. So it's, so it's always a conversation of what do you want? Oh, I don't know what I want. Well, so let's have the time to discuss it. Let's have a conversation and create that. Let's create a future that works independently of anything. The point here is that let's take all, like you're free to think, you're free to, to, to do everything that you want. Let's build that step by step. You don't need to have the entire plan in front of you for you to take the first step. Do you see the first step? Take the first step. That's all you got to do right now. Liz, what do you think the downstream effects of the great resignation are? Do you think it'll increase women's involvement in real estate? I do. I think I think in a lot of ways, whether again, I just was saying, you know, in a lot of ways, whether women were laid off or is their choice, it's going to create like more opportunities for them to really fulfill what they want on their own terms. So I I, I do think it's going to have a have a positive effect, but it's obviously it's affecting other pieces of our business. So staffing for our property management companies or staffing for the construction companies or all the staffing issues that are happening, labor shortages that are quote unquote happening right now, that that has an effect to, to your point in terms of, of how we're all affected. So, you know, I hope we get back to a cadence of, of people there, there's, there's, a, there was enough people. We just have to get creative and how to find them and keep them. But in terms of women really taking their, 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 ownership back and creating the life they want. Yes. I think that's going to have a phenomenal effect uh, on their own terms because that's what it's about. Andressa, if you're a woman listening to us right now or a man who supports a woman, a lot of people struggle with that first step. So obviously they can join the invest her community, Facebook page, et cetera. But what's a good way to start if you are at ground zero and you're a woman interested in getting involved in real estate? Liz and I call that the state of the union is really like an internal inventory of a couple of questions that we always ask. What do you do? What do you have to bring to the table? Is that your skill set? And it does not need to be real estate. It could be for like I always say, doctors are are, are great because they need to assess, diagnose, and give a, a an answer, right? It's all about the negotiation with sellers, assess the situation, see what the problem is and, and propose a solution. So all the skill sets that you have from your previous jobs and, and, and trainings, that's super, super important. Do you have time? How much time do you have? Funding. Do you some some people are not leveraging the equity in their houses or or their um, retirement accounts that they could be investing in real estate. So not necessarily being active, but they can be passive as as well. What do they want to do in in five years? How a, an ideal week would look like to them? So all of those, it's it's something that I would say answer by yourself, and then as a couple answer together. And then you start crafting. What do you have to, to give? And what are the gaps? Oh, I cannot stand construction. So we certainly need to look for people that have experience on that or enjoy that. So we, when we are using real estate as a tool 
right? Does not need to be your full life. Real estate is a tool. So you can have partners where are fulfilling those, those gaps. I think that, that if they start with that, it's, it's a great way to, to kind of like get the ball moving. Yeah. And, and, and so many times, Doc, we've seen in our community with the women that, that we connect with all the time, they, they ask the question, which market should I invest in? Should I buy a short-term rental? Seems like a really hot vacation rental was really hot, especially since the pandemic. You know, should I get into multifamily? Should I buy a single family home? Like these are all really, really important questions. We, we're, of course, they're great questions. You have to have a strategy and then you have to, you know, you know, take take the step by step to do that. They're just not the first questions. And and I think that's where 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 people misstep is because they they don't we're, they're not super clear on what Andressa just so you know I'm just just said in terms of getting kind of the state of the union and they jump in and then they're like they're they're working on the single family home and it's and they're doing it all themselves and then they're like exhausted and frustrated now they they got into the game kudos to them but couldn't it have been maybe a little more peaceful had they done a little work up front. And that's really what we stand for. So, so women can be a little more laser focused and not waste six months, two years. I wish we had our community when I started. Absolutely wish we had our community. I would have saved us time and money. And I think that that, that is super essential because if you get into that single family house and you didn't know your exit strategy or you, your lender was not lined up properly, you're going to get burned out and say, listen, I tried. Real estate is not for me. I'm out. Right. So what we're encouraging is really like conversations with yourself, with your partner, and then getting to a community in a small circle. It does not need to be the real estate investor. It could be any any local community association that you can be part of and having conversations with with others and rely on on professionals a realtor, a title insurance, talking to several bankers to really understand so you don't shoot yourself on the foot when things don't go right. You have the right expectations. You know that you're going to face some challenges. You're going to learn from it and you're going to continue. That's the ultimate goal. Liz, tell us how important is cash? I mean, the biggest excuse I always hear when people say, no, I can't get into real estate. It's like, well, I have no money to start with. I would say, you know, to buy real estate, you need money. It may not be your own money, but someone needs to have money, right? There has to be some sort of, you know, exchange. And they're actually actually saying that there are other creative ways to 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 finance projects. So my husband, my husband and I at the time, my boyfriend and I started our first deal. We didn't we didn't purchase with any of our own money. We didn't have any money to to take thirty thousand and put it down down payment in construction. So we got a loan. We got a loan from my father. So, you know, often there are financing options, but but obviously the down money, down payment is important to, to get into real estate. Um, there are so many creative ways to get into projects. So many projects that we got into, we bought, we we renovated we, we without our own money. That's how my husband and I built our company with other people's money. Now, obviously there's a way to do that and there's a strategy to doing that and you need to know what you're doing and you need to be, you know, educated in the way of, how to do that, right? Protecting people's money. The last thing you'd want to do is do, you know, lose someone's money or make a wrong call. There's other creative options, owner financing, right? Where the where the owner of a property holds the paper and, and you work, you work that out. One of our pod mentors built her business that way, where she would meet with these owners of these small duplexes, I'm sorry, small multis. And that's how she uh got, you know, got into these projects without her own money. So there's so many creative ways, Doc, to, to get into real estate. But again, 
not knowing what you what you bring to the table, how to do it, and not all the even the answers, but that really get clear uh, is so so important initially. But yes, there are so many creative ways, and then there's traditional ways, right? We know a lot of people who literally just take their take their money and then invest it in their own projects, and that's how they built their 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 process and their business. All different ways, but you got to know there's so many options. Liz Faircloth and Adressa Gidelli are the proud co-founders of the Real Estate Invest Her Community, a platform to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. They are also the co-hosts of the Invest Her Show, which is part of the Bigger Pockets Network. Andressa, tell us a little bit about the podcast and how people can reach out to you and Liz if they have questions. Absolutely. So we are part of Bigger Pockets Network. We are in 42 countries uh, right now, and we are interviewing women across the world, across the globe, about their journey. It's not just an inspirational call. We go, we go and like break it down for me. The tactics. I want to know what did you do exactly to make it work? How did you finance it? How did you find it? So I highly recommend you guys to listen to those amazing stories that uh, those women are really sharing their heart on it. And you guys. Can find us on the realestateinvesther.com website. You can find all our information over there on our Instagram, also at the real estate investor. And in June, we have our first in person convention is the investor con uh, for more than 500 women. And Kim Kiyosaki is going to be our keynote. So we're very excited about this event. It's going to be more than a traditional real estate conference. It's going to be a two full day of a transformational experience for women real estate investors. This has been the Earn and Invest podcast. On behalf of myself, Jordan Grummet, aka Doc G, I'd like to thank Liz Faircloth and Andressa Gadelli. That's a wrap. Have you been considering investing in real estate? If you have, the best place to go to learn about this asset class is the Real Estate and Financial Independence Podcast with Coach Carson. Here, Chad, aka The Coach, talks about real estate and gives you all the tips and tricks. But not only that, but he has guests on real proof of concept about how to reach financial independence by mastering this tricky asset class. Check them out. Real Estate and Financial Independence Podcast with Coach Carson. It is a must listen to if you think real estate is going to be part of your financial holdings. The easiest way to get there is to go to coachcarson.com. Again, coachcarson.com. Take a listen. You won't regret it. Awesome. Awesome. I only have a a minute or two, but is there anything we didn't cover you feel like should have been part of this episode? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No, it was great. No, it was a wonderful, wonderful interview. You guys have such good things to say. And I really feel like I got a good feeling for your community and what you do. And I think it's important. Great. I appreciate it. Please let us know in this, uh, when it comes out, we'll hopefully get, and we can share sure. more yeah yeah i will um so usually it's about four to six weeks and i have to look at the calendar but we'll probably drop it right at the beginning of women's history month um, awesome It'd be great and i'll send you a copy a few days before so you can take a listen as well as i'll eventually send you all the links and images and all that kind all of stuff that. 
Awesome. Right? Thank you so Perfect. much. It was cool. a pleasure meeting you. Thank it you. It was wonderful meeting a you pleasure. too. Pleasure. Also, take care. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.